Welcome students, staff, faculty, and community members. My name is Corey Steinke, and I'm the Associate Director of Student Life for Community Life at Goshen College. I'm also a member of the Martin Luther King Jr. Planning Committee, and I'm very glad you're all here to launch King Celebration today. First, we want to acknowledge that we gather as Goshen College on the traditional land of the Potawatomi and Miami peoples, past and present, and honor with gratitude the land itself and the people who have stewarded it throughout the generations. This calls us to commit to continuing to learn how to, better, to be better stewards of the land we inhabit as well. The Martin Luther King Jr. Planning Committee has been working incredibly hard to return the focus of King's celebration to its namesake, which is why our theme this year is King, the man, the motive, the movement. We'll be able to explore who Dr. King was as the person, what his dream was, and how we continue that legacy today. In order to center ourselves for the upcoming activities on Sunday and Monday, we wanted to provide an opportunity for our Goshen College community to hear the vision for and commitment to cultivating a community that is diverse, equitable, and inclusive. Consider this a time to hear about the micro before moving to the macro. Over the next 40-ish minutes, you will hear from Goshen College President Dr. Rebecca Stoltzfus in a state of the college as we address diversity, equity, and inclusion as a broad campus community. After hearing from Dr. Stoltzfus, we will hear from D Dr. Beth Martin-Berkey and Dominique Bergender-Johnson, DEI Task Force co-chairs, with updates on the work the task force has done since forming about this time last year. And so with that, I invite Dr. Stoltzfus to the podium. Good morning. And Happy New Year. It's, um, it's good to be back from my holiday travels, and if you traveled, welcome back. It's really good to see you. So as Corey said, um, this morning I want to speak to you about our commitments and ongoing work with regard to diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'm convinced that we, Goshen College, cannot achieve our mission without our collective and conscious work toward these goals. So why would I say that? What is our mission? Well, we are in the last stages of adopting a new mission statement. After several rounds of input um, from employees and a discussion with the Student Senate, here is the near final version. Goshen College transforms local and global communities through courageous, creative, and compassionate leaders. We integrate academic excellence with real-world experience and active love for God and neighbor, shaped by the Anabaptist Mennonite tradition. So just focusing on the first bit, Goshen College transforms local and global communities through courageous, creative, and compassionate leaders through you now and as you become alumni, through us individually and together. The thesis of my talk this morning is that to transform communities, we must become capable of embracing diversity and working toward equity and inclusion. That is what courageous, creative, and compassionate leaders do. But let us begin with clarifying what we are talking about when we use these words. One year ago, in January 2018, I announced the formation of a task force on diversity, equity, and inclusion. 
And I asked Beth Martin Berkey, Professor of English, and Dominique Bergender-Johnson, Director of Marketing, to co-chair the task force. The 13 members of the task force, who are roughly half students and half faculty and staff, were selected last spring semester through a multi-stage transparent nomination process. The task force was charged to work for two full academic years on these three tasks. To communicate and make visible Goshen College's ongoing work in these areas, to identify what GC is currently doing to promote an inclusive and equitable campus experience for all members of our community and how well we are doing so, and to propose ways to improve our effectiveness, including to identify what new resources and changes should be considered. So as you know, when I conclude my remarks, the task force will update you on their work thus far, which is midway through their first of two years. So what do we mean by these words? Through consultation with the co-chairs, with faculty experts, and discussions of the full task force, we have agreed upon these working definitions. And I've asked three of the task force members to read these aloud for you. Diversity is the sum of the ways that people are both different and similar. Diversity has many dimensions that intersect in a wide variety of ways. These dimensions include race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, language, culture, religion, mental and physical ability, class, immigration status, and others. Equity means an intentional focus to reduce disparities in opportunities, experience, and outcomes for all members of the campus community. Equity is expressed in a commitment to address historical and current manifestations of social bias and exclusion, including the ways in which social arrangements disadvantage some groups and legitimate others. Inclusion means belonging to a campus environment in which people are respected, accepted, and connected to one another. Communi community members come together in friendly, caring, and authentic ways and have opportunities to participate in community life and its ongoing evolution. Thank you. One of the useful things of creating these definitions for me was to realize that they are three different things. And so I've become a lot more careful in my word choice when I use the word diversity, when I use the word inclusion, when I use the word equity. And I encourage you to think about those things too. This um, next period of days, particularly Sunday and Monday, we will celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King, the man, the motive, and the movement. Dr. King, 51 years ago, described the modern situation as a great world house in which we are unduly separated in ideas, culture, and interests. He continued, our hope for creative living in this world house that we have inherited lies in our ability to reestablish the moral ends of our lives in personal character and social justice. Personal character. It's about each of us as individual people 
our moral qualities, and how we behave. And social justice, the fairness of the organizational structures and social arrangements that we create. So I want to use Dr. King's metaphor of a house. What are the foundation and cornerstones of the house we want to build at Goshen College? Let me first acknowledge my position in speaking about this. First and foremost, I am speaking to you today as a fellow human being. When we talk about diversity, we are talking about ourselves. And so it is useful to state from the outset that we all bring our positions and viewpoints and life experiences to this topic. Humans are highly subjective, including me. So let's acknowledge that I am white, female, straight, and married. I was painfully shy as a child and am an introvert. I am highly educated and I am upper middle class. I am a US citizen and a native speaker of English. I have a pretty normally abled body. I am a Christian and have lived equal parts of my life as United Methodist and as Mennonite. I am 57 years old which means that I was born at the tail end of the baby boomer generation. I am culturally a Midwesterner and a small town kind of person. In our society, I enjoy many unearned privileges because of these characteristics. I am also speaking to you this morning as the president of this college. And as president, I have a particular responsibility to articulate the vision for our house. So I'm going to speak about the foundation for our house and propose four cornerstones for the world house that I believe that we must build. And I cannot build this house alone. So we're going to start with the foundation. And I have here a 40-pound foundation stone that literally I cannot lift. So I need somebody to come and help me do a 40-pound lift that's a little bit awkward around these stairs. <laughs> All right, why don't you take that side? All right, and we're going to put it right on that table. Just don't fall off the stairs. Good job. Thanks. And in fact, I hope that you will help me modify these cornerstones and make this framework for our house better as we continue this ongoing conversation. I am open to that, but here we go. In my view, the foundation of this house is the inherent goodness and dignity of each one of us. In the scientific story, we are here because life has evolved over the last 3.5 billion years and it gradually selected us. The author Mary Pfeiffer wrote in a recent essay about joyful aging, I am alive today only because thousands of generations of resilient homo sapiens managed to procreate and raise their children. I come from, we all come from resilient stock or we wouldn't be here. So life chose you 
and you and you. Life chose me. Here I am. Here you are, you magnificent and unlikely life forms. And in the Judeo-Christian story, God took soil and breathed life into it and created us out of God's own life. God knitted us together in our mother's wombs. Our breath, every breath is sacred because it comes from God. When we are weary or injured, God wants to restore our souls because they come from God. This sacred breath is a living thread that connects us to God, through which we feel the pull of God, the inner voice of God in our sacred selves. As long as we are alive, we have breath, this built-in sacred connection to God. So this foundation, that we are created in the image of God, that life chose us, that we woke up this morning and are breathing, makes every one of us deeply beloved and unspeakably precious. This foundation is absolutely fundamental to our house. If we do not speak about it and be reminded of it in our words and rituals and social arrangements, we know what happens, history tells us. In every time and culture, people who are not grounded in universal human sacredness regress toward hate and bias and discrimination, and in the extreme, genocide. There are genocides ongoing today. Humans have a tremendous propensity for bias toward ourselves. Our need for affirmation, our hunger for worthiness, is so profound that without healthy religion or some other way to stay grounded on this foundation, we create a false worthiness by thinking that people like us, whatever that might mean to us, skin color, ethnicity, citizenship, are more worthy than others. Our Constitution speaks about this, that all men are created equal, that we have unalienable human rights, and that has not stopped us from social bias and exclusion and, and hate. Our religions all speak to this, and yet we know that religions themselves motivate and are the, the justified reason for exclusion and genocide. So we should not take this for granted. This is something that we need to create as a foundation for our life together. Upon this foundation, I want to place four cornerstones that further define the nature and motivations of our world house. I've got stones. The first cornerstone is truth-seeking. Because of our biases and our highly subjective nature as humans, approaching a question or an event or a thing from multiple viewpoints is the most effective way for us to seek truth. Few of the truths that really matter are static facts that endure over time and are uncontested. Parker Palmer, one of my favorite authors, describes truth as 
an eternal conversation about things that matter, conducted with passion and discipline. The academic disciplines teach us sets of practices and standards for making inferences and holding conversations about truth. Mathematicians have their ways. Historians have their ways. Scientists have their ways. At Goshen College, our classrooms and laboratories, our study groups and commuter lounge and residence halls are places where we learn and practice these disciplines, formally and informally. At our best, our truth-seeking conversations include diversities of experience, intelligence, identity, and academic disciplines. And the, and the conversations advance our understanding through creative conflict about what we're seeing and experiencing. Conflict is often required to correct our biases and to make us see our prejudices. And research clearly shows that diverse groups make better decisions than groups that are less diverse. But people, here's what this means, or here's what I have learned it to mean in my um, years of life so far, that when you enter a room or a meeting or a club or a social gathering that is meant to find truth or make a decision, you have to enter that space believing that there is this thing of truth to be discerned that is outside yourself and is more important than your own ideas or, or viewpoints or passions. You have to be willing to search for that thing that you are all going to find together. The second cornerstone is social mobility and economic thriving. Goshen College transforms communities, and that means enabling all families and citizens to enter the social economy. Education is the single most effective way to get more people into better careers and better lives. The lifetime wage difference of someone with a bachelor's degree compared to someone with a high school diploma is estimated to be around $1 million in our economy. College education is a strong predictor of well-being and happiness, and there is a massive gap in access. Only one in three American adults has a college education. Here at Goshen College, 58% of our traditional undergraduate students would be considered relatively low income in the college environment, defined by eligibility for federal Pell or Stafford loans. 30% of our incoming students are first-generation students in college. In addition, our Goshen City community includes many recent immigrant families. Our diversity, equity, and inclusion, how well we do this work, is an engine for social mobility and economic opportunity for students while on campus and ultimately for the many communities where you will live, work, and serve. The third cornerstone is the sheer joy of human connection. The greatest source of happiness in life is human relationships and connection. Inclusion means belonging to a campus environment in which people are welcomed, accepted, and connected to one another. Love is active. It is the nature of love to flow. 
If we are increasingly able to be more open to one another, to connect and belong to one another, we will be more joyful. In an inclusive community, diversity is a source of surprise, wonder, and discovery. To use the mystical language of the monk Thomas Merton, we all become doors and windows through which God shines back into God's own house. What fun! The fourth cornerstone is justice. While it is true that we crave self-worth and self-affirmation, it is also true that we long for justice. We know in our bones and in our hearts that the injustices in our society are wrong and they hurt us all. The human suffering caused by domination, exclusion, and inequalities is simply too great. We are called to be a college where injustice is revealed and remedied. Our vision is to seek inclusive community and transformative justice in all that we do. And to do that, we need to teach and learn about historical and present forces that perpetuate injustice, as well as the social, creative actions that dismantle oppression. And here, in the United States of America, we must name the particular injustice of racism. Patricia St. Ange is a Mohawk leader whose writing on cultural competence has been particularly influential to me. She writes, Race has been at the heart of the taking and growing of this country, from the first landing of Europeans through conquest, slavery, exclusion laws, internment, ongoing disparities, and internalized oppression, the largest crack in the fabric of our society is located in race. This work is not easy, and it is not comfortable. We will make mistakes. So here's one story <clears throat> from my recent um, experience in December. I was invited as president of Goshen College to go to a, um, a community uh, Christmas celebration hosted by Notre Dame, and I was one of the readers from, from the, the pulpit there in their uh, cathedral. And one of the other readers was Mr. Rocky Barrett, who is the tribal chairman of the Potawatomi tribe. And I was delighted to realize that I was with him, and um, I'm excited about what we're doing at Goshen College in very small ways to understand our relationship to this land that um, is the land of the Potawatomi and Miami peoples. And so I went up to him and introduced myself and said how delighted I was to meet him, and I said something about something like this. Um, I'm really delighted to meet you because I'm the president of Goshen College and our land is um, on your tribal nation land and we've been doing some new things at the college to try to understand the, the history of our land. To which he said, our land. And it was just one of those moments where I was kind of stunned 
by what I had walked myself into in this very first conversation with the tribal chairman of the Potawatomi tribe. And I honestly didn't know what to say, and so I, I didn't collapse or say a whole bunch of stuff. I just stood there with an open posture, kind of trying to process what happened and, and look at him. And he reached forward with compassion and he chuckled a little bit. I think he even touched my elbow and said, it's all right. And I said, you're right, I'm sorry. And the moment was gone and we went and did our things and we didn't have further conversation um, about that. But we will make mistakes. I will make mistakes and we will learn and we will do better. And I believe it will be highly rewarding both personally and collectively. So, what are we gonna do? While the task force is working methodically toward their charge, we are leading and acting and responding to the requests and good ideas that are coming forth from you. I am grateful to the Intercultural Coalition of Goshen College students who spoke out last March about their experiences of bias and exclusion and the unfinished work of dismantling racism on our campus. They brought to my office nine resolutions, and we are in the process of meeting all nine of them. I am grateful to the alumni of the women's soccer program who brought to our attention the unacceptable environment that characterized their experience in 2012. They have helped catalyze substantial improvements and expansions to our Title IX trainings, anti-racism trainings, and heightened attention to the climate of our athletic programs. I am grateful to the students who have been in conversation with us about the needs of our commuter students and who helped us conceive the new commuter spaces in Kaufman Hall open this month. I am grateful to our student senate who are actively leading on new initiatives to make residents' life more inclusive and equitable for all of our students, regardless of gender and gender expression. And I am grateful to all of you, known or unknown to me, who in your own courageous, courageous, creative, and compassionate ways are acting and speaking out on behalf of diversity, equity, and inclusion on our campus and in our community. These examples speak to organizational actions. But let us remember that Dr. King said that this was about personal character as well as social justice. I want to conclude by stating aloud to you some of the practices that I commit to as we work to bring this about. I invite you also to think about your personal commitments, and I will be eager to have conversations with you about these matters. Um, last week, I launched a blog. I'll be blogging three or four times a month. You're welcome to go there, and I'm gonna put these personal commitments on my blog uh, yet this week. So here are seven things that I commit to. First, I will remember that we are all in this together. In the words of Desmond Tutu, we are each made for goodness, love, and compassion. Our lives are transformed as much as the world is when we live with these truths. Second, I commit to see differences and similarities as always present. We are rarely, if ever, in rooms or organizations or communities that are truly homogeneous. I will try to be alert and aware and curious about diversity 
so that I can be more effective as a leader and more genuine as a friend. Third, I commit to regularly take stock of the privileges that I enjoy, unearned, by virtue of who I am in this society, and to extend privileges to others who have less. Fourth, I will reach out to develop friendships with people different from me. I commit to go beyond superficial acquaintance and stretch myself. Fifth, I commit to practice centered listening, listening to all of you about your experiences at Goshen College without taking it personally. Sixth, I commit to keeping the new vision and mission of Goshen College as the center of my work and not to cling to what has been the dominant and historical white Mennonite culture of Goshen College and the culture of my own identity. And seven, I commit to speaking up when I see opportunities to seek inclusive community and transformative justice in all that we do. Thank you for your courage, creativity, and compassion. Let's talk more about these things and let's build this house together. Thank you. Good morning. I am Dominique Burgunder Johnson. Um, in addition to my role here at Goshen College as Director of Marketing, um, I, along with Beth Mar Martin Berkey, uh, co chair the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Task Force. Um, so, as President Soltzfus just mentioned, uh, the task force uh, is currently made up of a total of 14 members. So, in addition to Beth and I as co chairs, uh, we have 12 members that include uh, faculty, staff, as well as students. Um, so, you'll see most of us pictured here. We do have one member that is out on SST this semester, Jace Longenecker. Um, but those task, members, uh, task force members who are here this morning, if you could just quickly stand and give a quick wave so folks know who you are in the flesh, in addition to the photo. Um, so also, as President Solsvich just mentioned, uh, we formed uh, during the spring of last uh, year, so in 2018, um, but our work really began this past fall in 2018. Um, in August, uh, so we just wrapped up our first semester of work. Um, and our task force was really charged with these three things that uh, the president also just mentioned. So one is really focused on identifying what is already happening here at Goshen College related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, to our knowledge, there's never been sort of a master list where you can see what are all the different initiatives, programs, activities that are happening. And so part of it has just been a huge uh, project of kind of data collection of what all is currently happening. Um, and then second, now that we sort of know all these things that are happening, um, how can we you know, strengthen the communication and visibility of those things that are happening? So not just externally to sort of let people know what we're doing, but also just to make sure that we as students, faculty, staff know um, kind of what the right hand and left hand is doing so we can better collaborate and coordinate. Um, also just knowing what resources are available to us, what are ways you know, in our personal commitments that we can get involved. Um, it's hard to know about those things if you, you know, 
don't know where to get more information about them. And so that's also a big kind of charge of ours. And then third is really around um, assessment um, and then providing recommendations. And so the bulk of our work so far this fall, this past fall has been A, around sort of starting that data collection of what all is happening. And we started that process by putting um, an invitation out campus-wide to leaders uh, across departments, um, as well as student leaders, asking them to tell us what in your areas um, are you doing to advance uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, or what sort of work is happening in your areas around diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, we got well over 130 responses, which was really great to see. Um, a lot of stuff that a lot of folks, I'm sure, don't know about um, that you know, we're all learning about in the process. And so on, on the one hand, it's really exciting to see how much work is happening. Um, but of course, the next big task is to figure out how do we make sure we all know about all these different opportunities. Um, and so we've put this list together and it is available um, for anyone to see. Uh, it's on our website, which is goshen.edu slash task force. Um, and then there's a link there to task force updates where you can look at that full list. Um, and it is a living organic list, so we um, by no means have comprehensive, it's not a, currently a comprehensive reflection of everything that's happening, it's just self-reported data. So if there are other things that you know about um, as students, as faculty, as staff that are not on this list, please do let us know as we want to continue at adding to it. Um, so in addition to uh, putting this list together, our next big task this past fall was doing some communication assessment around it. So figuring out, you know, how are these things, where are these things currently being communicated? How might, you know, the people who, that these programs or initiatives are trying to target, uh, figure out, you know, what's happening and how to get involved with it. Um, so that was a big part of our work this uh, past semester. Um, and at the end of the semester, we put together kind of a summary report of our findings that was shared with President Stoltzfus, but then we'll have a more detailed report um, early this semester that'll be shared uh, with key uh, leaders across campus um, with recommendations um, and with the plan of having um, really the implementation of those recommendations around communication implemented over this, this semester. Um, and then Beth will be talking a little bit more about what we're up to this spring and going into the next school year. Um, so I wanted to also just share some quick high-level observations about this list that we have collected of all the things that are happening across campus. So this slide right here is a word cloud that reflects all, every single last word that was used in the self-reported data that we got back from folks of what's happening um, on campus related to diversity, equity, inclusion. And the words that appear a large, largest in the word cloud are the ones that were used most frequently. Um, and so it's just interesting to see, you know, when we currently talk about our DEI work where it's kind of most concentrated, or at least what language we're using most to talk about it. Um, so that's just an interesting observation. We don't have any um, analysis or, or judgment around that yet, just an observation that we thought would be interesting to share with you all. And then similarly, two other um, kind of ways of summarizing this list that we pulled together, summarizing the data. Um, again, at this point, it's just sort of a reflection of the data. We're not yet doing any assessment or analysis of whether this is right or wrong or good or bad. Um, but just an observation that if you break the list up by all the initiatives that are coming or currently taking place across campus and who they're targeting audience-wise, um, the bulk of them right now are targeting students, um, which is not surprising since that's the bulk of our campus uh, population. And then if you sort of divide it by division or department, um, 
at Goshen College, most of our DEI work is currently concentrated in academics, which again, it's not necessarily that the biggest number is the best number in this case. It just also makes sense that our biggest area of programming here on campus, which is our you know, academics, our classes, um, that the most DEI work would be happening there. Um, so again, just an interesting observation, but really the assessment around programs and what the current experience is um, around DEI on campus, that all will be happening starting this spring and then going into the next year. So with that, uh, I'll turn it over to two of our student members that are gonna share just some quick reflections about their experience so far. Hello, my name is Amira Alshiga, and I'm a third year biochemistry major with a minor in psychology. Being part of the tax force has given me the opportunity to grow as a person to self-assess and reflect on my actions as a member of this community. Each one of us has a story, and we all come from different backgrounds. Many times it's hard to speak to someone you just met about your uncertainties as a human being. Yet, that was the first exercise we did during our first retreat as a group. Listening to the many stories being told by staff, faculties, and students in the group led me to question myself and my actions. Do I exclude some of my friends when I speak Arabic to my Arab friends, which two in here? Um, something that I don't realize at all, I do it naturally, doesn't come up to you. And yet, sometimes the smallest actions we do make the biggest difference. Sometimes we get caught up in our own little world and that we forget we're surrounded by many others. Thank you. Hi, my name is Jose Chiquito. I'm a third year sustainability major. Um, and on my experience on DEI, I've first of all learned that it's a very committed group of people. Um, and, you know, we, we, all ha we are all involved in different things um, related to DEI. Um, we all have classes. We, you know, we either are in classes learning or teaching them, too. Um, and despite everything that we have, we, we still attend to these meetings, which are very important um, and have given me hope, too, for the future of what GC can do um, as a college campus and has shown me the commitment from, from each person that I've gotten to know a little bit more um, during the, the DEI meetings and, and retreats. So personally for me, I think this campus is committed to, to advancing diversity, equity, and inclusion. But more importantly, I, I learned that we don't know how to continue forward without the help of everybody else. It can take 13 people to start shaping something, but it really requires everyone's input. Um, so I am just really humbled and, and knowing that. Um, and I think it's an honor to, to be on the task force. Thank you. My name is Beth Martin Berkey, and I want to give you an overview of our plans for the spring. 
and invite you to join us in gathering additional information about your experience here at Goshen College. Next Monday, we're gonna launch um, the Higher Education Data Sharing Survey. It's called the Diversity and Equity Campus Climate Survey. It's organized by the same group that did our sexual assault survey last spring. And we had about 45% of our student population complete that survey, which was over 20% higher than any other institution, large or small, in that same group. So we're hoping for an even bigger turnout this year. We're gonna also continue to review how we communicate the DEI initiatives, and that involves implementing some immediate things. So if you go and look at our task force diversity page, that was one of the primary things we, were gonna, we started on, and the Commar has helped with that. And then we'll also be reviewing divisional or departmental level work and just know that we're gonna have those conversations with you in the future. Our focus this spring will be on researching the effectiveness of our initiatives. We're gonna do the survey, we'll have interviews. You might be invited to be a part of a focus group or some other kind of meeting to learn about your individual experience here. So please join us in this next phase. As I mentioned earlier, please complete the survey. And also take a look at this website and see what has been gathered. And send us anything that we may have missed. As Dominique mentioned, this is self-reported, and so we are certainly missing some elements. Um, if you've done a research paper or a group project that has information you think would be helpful to this, week, this work, please contact us with that as well. We want to learn from you. There's also work that starts today. If you go out in the hallway over here, we've put up some large posters. One is a timeline of GC's experience, and Dominique pulled out some, you'll see some papers taped up. Those are things that have happened historically that are in one document, but there's many other documents that we haven't gotten to yet as well. So please add your personal experience but also add historical knowledge if you have that. And those posters will be up through the King Celebration on Monday, so you have time to come back to that and look at that as well. There is a poster towards this end that's a little more open-ended, and it asks um, for you to suggest questions that we should be posing about this work and how Goshen is doing. And another one asks you for your idea of what a truly diverse, equitable, and inclusive experience at Goshen College would look like. The format of the posters are really brief, so feel free to add us, give us additional information either through email or invite us for conversations. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, so before you all take off, um, as you know, it, oh, that's not as big as I wanted it to be. That's okay. Um, so before y'all take off, we just wanted to remind you that this is sort of the kickoff to the King Celebration Weekend, but the official kickoff uh, is this Sunday. We'll start Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. in worship with College Mennonite Church, where our own Dr. LaKendra Hardware is going to be preaching on Jesus the Model for Movement. Uh, Sunday night, you're not going to want to miss the King Coffee House at 7 p.m. in Souter, and that's going to feature uh, your peers and other GC students, as well as a guest poet from Tiana Clark, who is our S.A. Yoder guest lecturer. Monday, uh, convoca King Convocation starts right here at 10 a.m. It's an extended convocation, so plan ahead for that. 
Um, and Dr. LeKendra will be joined by students Tara Kinsey and Clinton Strobel uh, to share on more, on, more on the theme. And then Monday afternoon, uh, there's choice of two breakout sessions to attend that start at 2.15 um, in the fellowship hall and in the Koinonia room down the hall. I don't know, this is a round building. Um, Monday afternoon, uh, it'll be the processing session for the day's discussion and an opportunity to hear more about how you can continue the movement and then we'll wrap up Monday night at 6.30 with a candlelight visual that starts in Schrock Plaza. If you can read the stuff that's on this very small printed slide, uh, the things that have the asterisk by them are things that you can earn convo credit for. So the coffee house, the convocation, and the breakout sessions. Any questions, comments, concerns, you can see Dr. Dr. LaKendra. <laughs> uh, with that, y'all are dismissed. Have a good Wednesday.